Welcome to Ikoi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. The rebuilding of the broken walls of Jerusalem was a daunting task. There was no way Nehemiah could have succeeded in the rebuilding process without the support of the builders listed in chapter 3 of the book of Nehemiah. God is searching for men and women that he can use to build his house in our generation. May the Lord make you and I kingdom builders and use us for his praise and glory in Jesus' name. So this evening, we want to study about kingdom builders. And we are talking about kingdom The kingdom we are talking about here is the kingdom of God, and we are members of that kingdom. We have been brought into that kingdom on our confession of Jesus as Savior and Lord, and God is actually working in us and through us to building that kingdom. Equip Baptist Church happened to be part of the kingdom of God that has been built. You are part of that kingdom. And we do trust God that we will join the Lord to build his kingdom. The first question I want to consider is who is a kingdom builder? When we talk about kingdom builder, whom are we referring to? We are talking about kingdom helpers. Sometimes we say destiny helpers, kingdom helpers, destiny helpers. That person that is divinely raised to help you fulfill your destiny. That person that God has divinely raised to help you fulfill your destiny. That means we cannot fulfill destiny all by ourselves. There are people that God has positioned along our path in life to help us. And if you look back in your life tonight, you discover that where you are today is as a result of some people that God brought your way. Some of them, you met them just once. And that once, one, no, that singular meeting has turned your life around for good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They are kingdom supporters. People that make your dream to work. They help you to realize your goal, your dreams. God is our ultimate help. Is a supernatural helper. But then God will pass through human beings to accomplish his purpose in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mention some biblical examples of kingdom builders that you can remember now. Deliberately, I didn't put scripture there. I want us to contribute. Can we mention 
Some people we can consider to be kingdom builders, kingdom helpers, destiny helpers in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Can we quickly remember some? Esther, praise the Lord. Esther, and we remember what God used Esther to do, isn't it? If not for her, you remember Mordecai said, who knows whether you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. If you keep quiet, deliverance will rise up from other sources. But as for you and your father's house, evil will befall you. And what did she do? She gathered her meetings and went into three days fasting and prayer alongside with the Jews. And death sentence hanging upon that generation was lifted. Hallelujah. Are there other examples? Joseph, destiny helper. And you could see how many people God used him to help before he himself was helped. Amen. He helped the, the baker and the butler. Is it the baker and the king? And also, he labored in whose house? Potiphar's house. And Potiphar discovered that from the day Joseph entered his house, what happened? Everything turned around for good. In fact, the man couldn't believe it. He had to go and make divination. And they had to tell him from the oracle that a young man has come into your house, so don't let him go. The day he leaves your house, this blessing will go back from, to where it came from. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are other kingdom helpers. In fact, the scripture is replete with kingdom helpers, destiny helpers. You've heard of Gideon's mighty men. Gideon's 300. What was the original number? 30,000 that came out to fight to deliver Israel from Midianite oppression. And God said, yes, Gideon I like to use human beings, but this, this size is too much. If these 30,000 should go to this battle and win, they will think that they won the battle because they were what? They were many and they were strong. So I want to reduce the size of your army. And God, first of all, cut off 10,000. The instruction came, give an announcement. Anybody that is afraid, should go back home. Interestingly, 10,000 <laughs> just carried their stuff and they began to go home. I imagine what would be going on in the mind of uh, Gideon. And yet, they are to confront a terrible enemy like the Midianites. And God said, Gideon, there are still two men. Bring them to the waters. I'm going to test them for you. I will give you instruction what to do. And at the end of the day, God took Gideon, as many of them that did what? That lapped the water should be separated from those who what? 
who decided to stoop into the water and begin to drink, tell those ones to go back home. At the end of the day, how many people were left? 300. Wow. And with 300 men, God said to Gideon, I will deliver the power of media into your hand. Did it happen? But you see the squad that Gideon didn't go alone. He still had people to help him to fight that battle. You can't fight the battle of your life alone. You can't make it through life alone. Whatever assignment God has given you to accomplish, you can't accomplish it alone. You will need destiny helpers. Praise the Lord. Have you heard about the mighty men of David? How many of us have heard about the mighty men of David? Wow. Can we read? Let's read from First Chronicles chapter 11. Actually, you see that story in chapter 11, chapter 12, but we don't have time to read the two chapters tonight. Let's read First Chronicles chapter 11 and see the secret behind David's success. Many times we see success, but uh, we often do not see, you know, the people, you know, behind it. First Chronicles chapter 11, from verse 10, these were the chiefs of David's mighty men. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong what? Support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. This is the list of David's mighty men. Jashobim a Achmonite was chief of the officers. He raised a spear against 300 men whom he killed. In how many encounter? In one encounter. Can you imagine just one of David's mighty men could undo, you know, 300 enemy just at once? Wonderful. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Aoite, one of the three mighty men. He met with David at Pasdamim when the Philistines gathered there for battle, at a place where there was a field full of barley. The troops fled from the Philistines, but they took their stand in the middle of the field. They defended it and struck the Philistines down and the Lord brought about a great victory. Three of the 30 chiefs came down to David to the rock at the cave of Adullam while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Riphel. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Hope that someone will get me a drink of water from the way near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three 
broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. God forbid that I should do this, he said. Shall I drink the blood of those men, these men who went at the risk of their lives? Because they risked their lives to bring it back. David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me jump to verse 32. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed what? A lion. And he struck down an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall. Although the Egyptian had a spear like a weaver's rod in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. When you get to chapter 12, you see uh, other mighty men, warriors, that came to join David. Even from the camp of his enemy, they defected. And the Bible said these were men who helped David, you know, to establish a strong kinship in Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going back to Nehemiah chapter 3, what are some of the inspirations and lessons that we can glean from Nehemiah chapter 3? 1 to 32. We have read 32 verses. We want to quickly look at some of the inspirations and lessons that can be gleaned from this chapter. I penned down some of them and thereafter we welcome contributions. The first that I want to talk about is the fact that God we always provide for himself. Men and women, he will use to accomplish his work. You know, last, two weeks ago, when we were looking at some of the things, provisions given to Nehemiah, we mentioned the fact that Nehemiah was given a cavalry to go with him, escort, letters, and so on and so forth. And it occurred to me that Nehemiah actually did not request for men. There are two possibilities. Is it that he forgot to request, you know, for men that will help him to carry out the rebuilding of the broken walls? Or he walked with assumption that when he got back to Jerusalem, there will be people on ground. Praise the Lord. But then people can be on ground if they are not divinely mobilized. Nothing will happen. 
And that's why scripture says, in the day of God's power, his people shall be what? Shall be willing. Amen. Nehemiah only arrived, and at the point the work was to begin, we begin to see men manifesting to come and help him to fulfill his God-given dream. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes God expects us to just take the step of faith and other things will follow. Amen. Amen. And there's another lesson I'm seeing which I didn't include in the paper as I'm seeing, talking I'm seeing the role of leadership. Could it be that all that these people were waiting for all along was a leader? That we just come and share the vision just like he did in Nehemiah chapter 2 and immediately saw somebody they could follow. These people came from nowhere and began to walk. They began to labor with this servant of God. So leadership is very, very critical. It's very, very important. Maxwell will say everything rises and falls on leadership. Once you have the right kind of leader in place in a small group, in a big group, in a large group, in a country, you can be sure that things will turn around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why some of us believe strongly that Nigeria's problem is not corruption. Even though we have corruption as a problem, we have other issues to contend with. Our major problem is leadership. If the Lord God Almighty will show us mercy in 2019 and give us a Nehemiah, give us a Joseph, I can guarantee you that within a short time, things will turn around. Hallelujah. And that's why we're also studying about the book, studying about Nehemiah now. Who knows whether amongst us here tonight is a Nehemiah that the local government has been waiting for that the state has been waiting for, that the country has been waiting for, that when God gives you the opportunity to get into that position, you can turn things around for God, just like God did through Nehemiah. Another lesson, another inspiration I gained from this chapter is the challenge of record-keeping and attention to details. Did you see that in Nehemiah chapter 3? Agor, we mentioned this person's name. We also talk about his daughters. We talk about specific things he did, how they fixed the gate. He will talk about the boat. He will talk about the joint. I said, but we already know that. We already know that when they are going to fix the gate, there will be boat, there will be joint, and all those things. Why would the Bible need to do that? It's to show to us that God gives attention to what? To details. God gives attention to what? To details. He gives attention to de- details. Record keeping. God keeps record. The record of my life, the record of your life, God is documenting it. Amen. Amen. And the record of God, no man can tamper with it. 
That is why God must help me to keep what? A good record. God must help you to keep what? A good record. He gives attention to details. The third inspiration and lesson of fourth one now. Okay, I mentioned the challenge of exemplary leadership. The challenge of what? Exemplary leadership. Leadership that men can trust, that people can follow. Not the kind of leader that is saying, let's go this way and is doing something else. Another lesson is the lesson in cooperation and teamwork. You see all these brethren from verse 1 to verse 32 cooperating to labor in the rebuilding process. Everyone was contributing his quota, no matter how minute, no matter how small. Looking at Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1 to 32, as you read, most of the names the Bible mentioned here, we don't know them. Or how many of us know them? They are not the popular, you know, names that you can talk about. But they did something for God. And God never overlooked what they did. And the lesson is that most kingdom builders are often not popular. Most kingdom laborers, destiny helpers, many a times you don't know them. Most times they operate from the background behind the scene that you hardly know they are doing something. There's this man of God who labored in England many, many years, great preacher, Baptist preacher, just podium. And it is recorded that when Spurgeon is preaching, there will be not less than a thousand people in the basement traveling in prayer for the man of God. And all you see, if you don't know what was going down the line, is that you see the man of God preaching, wonderful things are happening, miracles are taking place, people are giving their lives to Christ. You say, wow, this is a great man of God. But that man of God couldn't have been great without the men and women laboring in prayer at the basement. Most destiny efforts, most of the time, they are not popular. You may not even know their names, but God is using them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why everyone will be interested. You know, everyone will be very interested when we get to heaven and God now decides to begin to give the divine honor and they call that sister Janet Joshua. It's time for you to come and receive your honor Janet Joshua from Ikoye Baptist Church. And Ikoye Baptist Church members in heaven begin to say, who is Janet Joshua? We don't know Janet Joshua in Ikoye Baptist Church. But as far as God knows, there's a Janet Joshua that is quietly under God, uh, 
doing something great, something marvelous for God that nobody in the church know anything about. This is a challenge to all of us. Like the scripture says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it out, do it with all your might, with all your strength. Hallelujah. 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 Kingdom helpers, destiny helpers. Most of the time, they're not popular. Like I said, how many of the names mentioned in this chapter do we know before now? Most of them, we don't know them. You know the way we are pronouncing the name, self. This one, Meshulan, this one. You are just wondering who is this one now? Insignificant. May God use anyone that is available for him. The next point is that every impute we make into the work of God is recorded by God. Every impute that we make into the work of God is what? Recorded by God. And that's what we see here. Their names being mentioned. Uh, let me just run through some verses. Let's just clean through some verses before we take some contribution. Look at verse 5 and see the wisdom of Scripture. Can we read verse 5 together? The next section was repaired by the men of whom? Of Tekoa. But their what? Nobles will not put their shoulders to the work under their what? Supervisor. Can you see scripture giving us the exact situation report? Those who worked and those who didn't put their what? Their shoulder to work. They refused to cooperate with the supervisor. And they didn't know that everyone was doing what? Was taking record. Every day as they come to work, you know, the angel keeping records of today, the men of Tekwa, this their action or this is what they did, you know, and they left. One phrase I see repeated in the old chapter. You will see the word next to him, next to him, next to him, next to him. I know from this next to him to that next to him, before you know it, the entire world was rebuilt and all joined together. That means if the person that was supposed to do this refused to do his part, what will have happened? There will have been a gap in between. So your contribution is important. Don't never, ever, ever look down on the little or the much you are doing for God in the church. When you don't do it, it creates a gap. And that gap can be a problem. Let's look at another verse of interest. Verse 12. Shalom, son of Haloesh, ruler of Ahab district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section. 
with what? With the help of his daughters. Wonderful. So who told that daughters can also not repute the world? This man labored and his daughters also came alongside and labored together with him. And God was honored. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's read verse 19. Next to him is the son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section. What do we understand by another section? That means he had repaired one before and he had the opportunity to do another and he did not say, hey, me, I've done my part. I've done my part. Let others do their own. He repaired the first section and as opportunity came, he repaired another section. In verse 20, we see another man whom the Bible says, zealously repaired another section. These are extra milers. They are always going the extra mile. If you ask them to bring one naira, they will bring ten. And whenever they do that, God was taking record. Hallelujah. 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 When you read verse 24, of verse 23. Beyond them, Benjamin and Ashok made repairs. Where? In front of their own house. Somebody may say these people are selfish. They didn't go far. They just decided to do something in front of their own house. What is good about it is that they did something. They were part of the rebuilding process. When you read verse 23, you see a man who repaired beside his own house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One major thing that is interesting to me, which is a challenge to leadership, is chapter 3 verse 1. And I'm so glad the way the Bible opened the list of the builders. Eliashim the high priest and his fellow priests went to walk and rebuilt the sheep gate. That's why we talk about exemplary world leadership. That when the building process started, the priests, they were not somewhere saying we are fasting and praying. You people can go ahead and begin to do the work. In addition to fasting and praying, which we assume they must have been doing, they also came physically to where the process is being done and God was glorified. Hallelujah. 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 This is a challenge to all of us leaders in the Koei Baptist Church, from the pastorate to the diaconate down to the church council. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Amen. God has helped us and he will yet help us to continue to provide the right leadership for his people in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. How do you feel if you're in this uh, Jerusalem at a time like this? You see the high priest in his regalia, ecclesiastic carob, you know, carrying trowel and line, and they're bringing uh, concrete and it's working. Will you just pass by and say, well done, sir? Say, God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. The anointing is working. The anointing is working. Is that what you will do? What will you do? You'll be challenged. Say, ah, if this man of God can be doing this, what am I? Ah. You go home and mobilize more people. Say, all of you come out. Let's go and join the man of God to the world to build this broken world. God has come to take care of our disgrace. I do pray that the God of heaven will give us success as a church as we repeal the broken walls of our lives, whether as a church, as individuals, family, as a nation. Remember, it will demand cooperation. Uh, these people worked together. Everybody contributed his own little quota. And before you know it, the task has been accomplished. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So before we jump to the last question, okay, which is actually what I wanted to say, so we can take it as a last question. What other inspirations, in addition to what I've just shared, have you gained from Nehemiah chapter 3? Can we give contributions from our readings of Nehemiah chapter 3 to 9? What other inspiration or lesson have you seen that you want to share with the church? Let me say that I assume that uh, by now all of us should have finished reading the book of Nehemiah. If you have not done so, I encourage you, you know, take time to read through the entire book. Keep reading it, keep reading it, keep reading it. And that is our prophetic book as a church. Uh, I strongly believe that the word of God is the divine oracle. Amen. 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 So if you, if you understand the book of Nehemiah, you will understand everything that is happening around us behind us, no, before now, in the now, and in the future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a prophetic book. And that is why your supernatural help in this year 2018 is guaranteed. Hallelujah. Our supernatural help is what? Is guaranteed. And what is the source of our confidence? The word of God says so. That when our enemies realized that this work has been done, they themselves concluded that what has been accomplished is by the help of God. I'm telling you, come December 31st, as the Lord lives, you'll be alive, I'll be alive. We shall look back to what the Lord has done in the course of the year and have a testimony 
that the Lord supernaturally helped us. Hallelujah. So, uh, tell your neighbor, kulu, 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 temba. Kulu, 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 temba. When they say kulu, kulu, temba, what are they saying? Relax. Hmm? Relax. That's what it means. You know, sometimes you see the devil walking on his head and you are scared. You see him having 20 heads at the same time. Like Peter saw the boisterous wind on the river and said, Master, we are perished. And Jesus looked at him and said, Who told you that you are perished? I cannot be here and you want to perish. It's not possible. Amen. 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 So everything happening to us as a church, as I'm talking to you about, is you see it in a man. And my own confidence and faith in God tonight eh, is the fact that the same God who helped Nehemiah, he will help you. He will help me. You will have a testimony just like Nehemiah had a testimony that the broken walls were rebuilt and they were completed in the name of Jesus Christ. So Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 to Latif Jackande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ekoebaptistchurch.org.